Tonight's DJ and TV show is sponsored in part by Electro Voice, DJ Event Planner, ADJ, NLFX Professional, Promo Only, and DJ and TV Insiders. Up, my good vibe DJ tribe today on Disc Jockey News TV. I am interviewing the passionate DJ podcast mastermind David Michael. If you are unfamiliar with the brand, it is so amazing. It is meant to inspire, entertain, and educate artists out there, DJs specifically. If you are a bedroom DJ or a wedding DJ or, you know, an electronic music producer, I feel that the podcast and website would be amazing for you. I first heard about The Passionate DJ uh, many years ago when one of their uh, articles went viral. I believe it was called The 10 Reasons You Should Still Know How to Beat Natch. And it was funny because I think that article was a little bit older and then a few months later it had gone viral. And then I fell down the rabbit hole of this website. I just went from article to article and then the podcast came to be. And I'm, I actually want to ask you, David, a bit about how the early uh, beginnings of the passionate DJ came to be and where you are today. By the way, thank you for joining us today to talk on Disc Jockey News TV. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, my friend. It's it's great to be here and to be able to kind of talk about this. I'm, I'm not used to being on this side of the desk, yes. so it's, it's kind of fun. Absolutely. Um, so, so Origins of Passionate DJ, it really started as kind of an experiment. Um, it was a, a blog that I started, I would say, in my free time. Um, I was working a full-time job and just wanted something to put some of my creative energy into and I felt like, I, you know, I wanted to experiment a little bit with, you know, do I want to do some writing? Do I want to do some podcasting? Try out this content creator thing. And what, what do I feel passionate enough about to, uh, you know, topic-wise to, to take and create shows about it and write articles about it and be constantly talking about it? And... You know, I picked a couple of topics and then I narrowed them down. And, it, and for me, it was car stuff, video game stuff, and DJ. And the one that I felt like I could contribute the most to was DJ. It was the one like I felt like I had the most to say and an empty niche to fill in that space. And so I came up with this concept of passionate DJ to be sort of a place for really any kind of DJ, whether their aspirations are in the club or they want to, you know, mobile DJ thing, if they want to create a business, if they, you know, whatever their approach is, or if they just want to be a bedroom DJ and want to create mixes for their own consumption, whatever that case may be, I want to create a place for them to come and kind of find their family, if I can use the word, uh, their community. And we tend to, to try to promote a lot of positive message 
you know, within our brands. So we talk about promoting a spirit of collaboration over competition, for example, or you know, how to conduct yourself, um, you know, from the perspective of etiquette behind the DJ booth. And we try to bring all these kind of different perspectives to the table. And uh, so anyhow, getting back to more of the origins, it started as a blog, like I said, about six months in, I started the podcast uh, because I wanted to put a little bit more of my voice into what was being said. And so I started experimenting with that, just kind of releasing them randomly whenever I kind of had time. And it, it turned out I, I really liked doing it. And, you know, had 10 or 20 people that, that took notice of the show. And that was, that was all it took for me to say, people care about what I have to say. Maybe I should see where this can go. And uh, so that's the, the very simple version of the, uh, the origin story. Right on. And I feel like with the Passionate DJ brand, you've built such a strong like you said, positive uh, community. Um, I really like that from the podcast and website, now you've got the actual uh, Facebook community and you really get those good vibes in there. Um, I wanted to talk about your team uh, for the podcast. Can you tell me uh, who's on the team, what roles uh, they currently play and why you felt they were the perfect fit? Uh, let me just say, I have the dopest, am I allowed to play <laughs> I have the, the dopest team uh, that you could possibly wish for. Um, Tony, Tripp, and Mo are uh, just an amazing group of dudes, and you know we're all local to each other, so we, we have this kind of shared local interest in our scene here, and we started kind of getting together, focus, focusing that energy into a more big-picture scale thing and try to talk to more of our global audience because Passionate DJ has listeners all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, starting from the, the origin story we just went through with Passionate DJ, fast forward a year or two, I discovered that what I really needed to do if I wanted a podcast, of course, was I needed to decide on a steady uh, release rate of episodes and I needed to figure out how to make that happen. And what people don't realize about podcasting is, uh, especially, a, I should specify that the Passionate DJ podcast is like a talk show format. So I always like to clarify because when people think of a DJ podcast, they usually think of music. This is a talk show where we talk about DJs and DJ stuff. So um, I got to this point where I, I was like, I'm going to need some help with this if I want to do justice to my audience you know they, they were starting to take notice and i listen to podcasts i'm a big consumer of podcasts so i know that when i expect a certain pace and that pace is missed i notice because it's part of my routine now i listen to podcasts of driving brushing my teeth and doing the dishes you know, whatever making breakfast for my stepdaughter whatever it is i've always got something going and so I noticed when it's not there, and I knew that my audience would too. And so I wanted to get some help, but not just any help. You know, part of the problem was getting the editing done on time and the publishing and all that kind of stuff. So people don't realize um, it's easy. It's pretty easy to start a podcast, but it's really tough to maintain one. 
keep on going. And so I needed people that not only were reliable in that sense, but kind of shared the same, or at least a similar vision and message that I wanted to share with you guys. I have some, some moral stances that I take with my brand that I want to make sure that are shared by anybody else that I'm working with. Very basic things like equality and, and stuff like that, and, and but inclusion as far as um, we don't like messages of like people who say who who can and who can't be a DJ or what a real DJ is and isn't. And, you know, we we like to hey, this is for anybody who wants to do it on whatever level. So I had to find people that match that same kind of mindset. Um, needed. I wanted it to become conversational so that I could have you know, be just like you and I sitting here talking back and forth rather than me just spouting off into the microphone by myself all the time. Um, and it needed to be, I wanted it to be people that had perspective to share that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done is surrounded myself with a couple of guys who are a little bit older than me and in certain areas more experienced than I am, so that we all have something unique to bring to the table. And so now that there's there's four of us working on this all the time, we get a little bit of the mobile uh, DJ perspective from uh, the co-host Mo Bingo. Uh, Tony, who's on the show, Tony DeSero, he travels all over the country uh, and sometimes beyond, either playing support roles for headlining DJs or doing stage management and that kind of really involved in the industry has a lot of connections. So he brings that to the table. Trip, my other co-host, he brings all of his audio editing knowledge to the table. He's the one that actually publishes the podcast. And he brings all these years of experience. He's been like a zillion types of different DJs and played a bunch of different styles, reinvented himself a few times as I believe that you have as well, um, brand wise. And so, you know, they all have something to bring to it. Um, they're all really dedicated and they um, they get on me when I need it uh, I'm pretty motivated to work all the time but there are things that slip through the cracks there are things that I miss there are things I forget to communicate um, all the time and I'm trying to be a better communicator with my team and they're very patient with me on that and uh, I couldn't just I couldn't ask for a better group of guys they're, they're awesome yeah, they are so fantastic. And you guys make such a great team. I love that you are, you know, creating your your goodbye DJ tribe. You're finding people that have strengths that you can pull from, that you can learn from. And I'm sure you give lots back to them in that sense as well. I also like that you mentioned before about consistency, about the podcast and you know, how important that is because you, as somebody that listens to a lot of podcasts, know that consistency is important because there are viewers or listeners that are constantly waiting for that next, that next podcast, that next feel the loss when it's not there. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and it, I talk about branding and marketing a lot and consistency on social media platforms. That's going to boost you up in their relevance. So that's something we probably don't think about, but that's also important. Um, you mentioned, you know, you, your faults, you mentioned like, um, 
what you're aware of that you know you need to improve on or are working on. And I love that. I think that's so important that we're aware of what's going on within our brand, within our life, within our skill set. Is there anything that really stands out to you? Maybe something really surprising for you that you've learned through the passionate DJ brand? Um, well, there are a lot of things that I've learned just because of one of the very first things I said, which is passion DJ started as an experiment. And so the whole point was to learn a few things. Um, I've learned how many people can gain value from what I have to say, um, which is validating and humbling at the same time. Um, it makes me want to keep doing it. Um, they're, you know, speaking to the flaws. Sometimes you deal with, uh, you know, what's known in the, the industry as imposter syndrome, which is where you say, who am I to be saying all these things and why do people care what I have to say? I'm no expert. I'm just a guy. Uh, we're vomiting into a microphone. Like, why do people care? Um, so you have to deal with those. Yeah, you have to deal with those feelings a little bit. Uh, I think a lot of other content creators, uh, no matter what space they're in, they probably understand that. Um, in creative types in general, I'm sure a lot of DJs and producers feel that, that same way about their work. Um, but I, I learn stuff all the time about the industry, about the types of people that are interested in DJing and and why, and that there's a there's an underrepresented segment of people out there who feel like we do about DJing that it's basically for anyone, and you can kind of do it however you want, and damn all the rules. Um, there's a lot of those people out there that they're not squeaky wheels, so they don't really have anywhere to go. Um, I mean, they can go to your other, you know, other blogs and, and things in the space, but there were, there really wasn't a show that was talking about this stuff. Um, as far as, you know, some of our content is how to, some of it, uh, sometimes we interview, uh, you know, famous DJs. Sometimes we do just for fun stuff. You know, we have a, a recurring series called Pick Three where each of us bring in three different tracks under some theme and we, we talk over them and, and say why they're important to us or why, why we pick them. You know, so it's, we, we exist to inspire them or educate them or entertain them or help them learn something. Um, you know, we're not professors of DJing, but we learn a lot going along the way by talking to our audience and figuring out what their struggles are. I know that's kind of an umbrella answer, but I, I hope that gives you an idea. Oh, I like I like that. It's uh, it, it's a complicated one to answer because I mean, there's so much going on within your brand, and it, I feel like it's it's that rabbit hole of information. It starts with one thing, and then it just keeps trickling down to something else. So yeah. I want, yeah. All right, I wanted to talk a little bit about that viral post about how it's important to know how to beat match and what did you learn from having one of your articles go viral like that? <laughs> it, 
It's funny. That article is uh, it's probably about four years old now. And I, it hasn't changed much. I, I'm the kind of blogger that I usually I go back and update old content all the time. So most of my articles are kind of evolving. That one I haven't changed too much. I think I added some stuff to the end. Um, it's interesting. What it taught me was that people really don't read. <laughs> and I, I hope that doesn't sound too, too negative. Um, the whole per so it's called 10 reasons why you should know how to beat match by ear. Um, is that slightly clickbaity? I don't know. I, I thought it was a pretty mild title. And what you will find inside, and you'll see it listed under subheadings and everything, is like, here's five suggestions. Here's five practical reasons why it's a good idea to know how to beat match. And here's five like more subjective reasons. You know, like, uh, it's cool and it's sexy as opposed to it allows you to play on anything you want. So that's kind of the difference. And you know, the whole point of the article was not to say what so many DJs say, which is, if you don't beat match, you're not a real DJ, or if you play on controller, or if you use the sync button, or if you use tractor instead of Serato, whatever your particular set of criteria is that makes somebody a real DJ. It's just my personal hobby horse, you can't tell. Um, yeah, it just, it just gets frustrating. So, um, it just kind of blew up into this this explosion of comments of people just screaming at me from both sides of the aisle, like, you're an idiot if you think that using the sync button makes you a real DJ. And then like the next one would be like, you're an idiot if you're a dinosaur if you don't use the sync button. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't say, I didn't make any of these points, guys. I'm saying why it would be useful. <laughs> But at the same time, through all that, you know, when you sort through all the noise, what you end up with is a bunch of people that are less noisy, but they start replying in the comments and saying, actually, I was just saying it's a good idea. You, you kind of find your tribe within that of people who are just trying to have a reasonable conversation about it, even if they disagree, you know, and those people will stick around because they're the ones that want to have the conversation. So experiences like that teach me how to how to have a conversation and who is worth continuing that conversation with. Um, you know, if, if somebody, <laughs> we're the passionate DJ podcast, but we don't want to be so passionate that all your brains just go out the window. Okay. So we, we take a very pragmatic approach to, to things and I'm, I'm a very kind of logic based person myself. And so I think that probably oozes into the brand a little bit and so you have to learn how to, to figure out how to communicate with people who actually want to talk to you about it. Um, also, if I can throw in just a little side note, um, just because this was something that was mentioned on Facebook the other day and had me thinking about it. As an experiment, I wrote two almost identical articles. Um, I think I've since combined them and we made a podcast episode out of it, but originally they were, one was called The Five Traits of Great DJs. And the other was called the five traits of awful DJs. And I, they were almost the same word count. They, they were uh, outlined in the same kind of way. Just one was positively written and one was negatively written. And uh, I'll give you one guess as to which one got more attention. Not the one you want. 
right? So, and, and it wasn't, neither one was like bashing anybody, but it was just, it was interesting to see the difference in what got engagement between those two headlines. Uh, so trying to find the people that actually want to have the conversation, that's, that's probably what I learned from those kind of viral experiences. I really like how you mentioned that people don't really read. I find that a lot. Someone will share an article before actually reading it, or they will be reading it, but they'll be thinking about what they want to say maybe in the comment section. So they can't really focus, you know, when you're like yeah. reading a book, but you're thinking about something in your mind and three pages later, you're like, I don't even know what I just read. So I wonder if that's why the podcast or just podcasts in general seem to be so popular nowadays. Like people are actually focusing on the words that are being said in these podcasts. And then, you know, they're getting that tone of voice. So they're maybe taking in more of what you mean by the things that you're saying. Uh, yeah. So with that being said, I'm super interested to know um, what are the future goals for Passionate DJ? Oh, man. Um, I tell you, goals are a big topic of conversation between me and my team. Um, with, uh, to, to, a, to an increasing degree. Um, it started out kind of, hey, let's get together and record some stuff, and it's becoming, uh, hey, this we have something here. How do we take this to the next level? Um, you know, part of what we're focused on right now, uh, just in the interest of trans uh, transparency, is monetization, um, making sure that the podcast can sustain itself. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm very transparent about that stuff, and I'm willing to talk about it on the show and on, you know in our social channels and stuff about how we monetize and why. And so that's another topic of conversation that we often have is like what, in what ways can we monetize and still provide value to our listeners and do it in a way that we feel happy and we don't ever want to promote anybody that we don't believe in and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that kind of brand integrity is super important to us. So we're in some ways we're taking it slow, but um, it's, I'm becoming increasingly aware of how much work my team does for this brand for free. And so um, I feel like I have a moral obligation to make sure that that changes soon. Mm -hmm. So some of my focus is there. Another big focus is YouTube because video is huge right now, uh, bigger than ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, I'm kind of having fun doing it anyway. You know, I'm getting, uh, doing hardware reviews and, and stuff like that now where I hadn't really focused too much on that before. Uh, now that we have a team who is just cranking this show out like clockwork, um, because they really are just a well-oiled machine now, uh, we can start doing stuff like creating video content, playing with live streaming, and doing all that kind of stuff. So we're kind of, even though we're a little bit behind the curve on that, that it's kind of an exciting new frontier for us is, uh, is video. Um, you know, we've talked about all kinds of different avenues. Do we want to go into courseware? Do we want to go into mentorship? Do we want to go into, uh, you know, creating documentaries or more favorite production video? You know, there's a lot of things that are not high in the sky goals, but are like just outside of the reach of this year, but we're kind of eyeballing, like, 
what do we want to do next? Um, but I, I don't want to get too far into that conversation because A, I don't know what that is, and B, I think it's a secret. But um, I would say video and, and also like more direct, more direct interaction with our listeners. You mentioned uh, a while ago the Passionate DJ community on Facebook. Uh, that community is very young. It's, it's just a Facebook group, and it's what uh, two, maybe three months old, and it's growing by you know like ten or twenty members every week, uh, pretty organically. Just because people go in there, help each other out, um, they want to talk about DJing, they want to show off their DJ gear, um, they have questions, and so it's it's been really fun to to get more involved with the actual community and finding out who our listeners are. It's funny because, um, as I said, I'm a big podcast consumer, and so I understand this phenomenon that's happening to us now, where when people meet us in person for the first time, they thank us, and then they say, you know, I know they say something like, I know this is weird, but I listen to you for like five hours a month straight into my ears. I feel like I know you. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's not, I think they're afraid that that's going to be weird, but it's, it's kind of not weird to me because I get it because that's how I am with people that I follow. You know what I mean? So it's, like I said, it's humbling, but it's like, all these people look up to me. Now I have this obligation to make sure that they're happy with what comes out content wise. And so there's a, it motivates you. So it's like, you have to balance that anxiety with the motivation if that makes sense <laughs> yeah let the what is it let the dream be bigger than the fear itself absolutely absolutely i you you mentioned a lot of really great things that i hope our listeners are paying attention to um you're very aware of your brand its authenticity and what your morals are and i think that's so important in uh any business to make sure that whatever you're doing is in line with what your morals are so that you can feel good about it. I like that you mentioned that you're going to be finding a way to monetize this. You are definitely adding value to a lot of people's lives. And I think it, it reminds me a lot of that Gary Vaynerchuk book, the jab, 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 right hook. It's all about giving, 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 and then asking for a little. And I think that your viewers will totally appreciate that considering all the amazing content you've already brought them and, and or like sponsors that, again, you believe in that can totally get behind what your brand is doing. I also am so excited for you to be doing the video soon because yeah, video is huge. And you guys, you did that live feed uh, video for the passionate DJ and it was phenomenal. And it was great to have all, you know, different people on your panel to chat about what's going on in the industry and personal experiences and tips and tricks. So I'm glad that you are continuing to expand. And I appreciate so much that uh, you sat down with me today to talk about all of these exciting uh, things, uh, where you have come from, uh, what direction you're headed, and where you are 
presently. I think you're doing such an amazing job, David, and you have such a fantastic team. So I'm so stoked. Thank uh, you. Is, yeah, you're welcome. Is there any last minute things that you'd like to add where they can find passionate DJ content? Yeah, sure. So like I said, uh, primarily our content, our main focus is the podcast. It's the Passionate DJ podcast. If you go to passionatedj.com, you land right on the feed of the podcast. Uh, whatever the latest episode is, we'll be right at the top. Um, you can also, uh, the best thing you can do is follow us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you'd like to consume podcasts already. If you're already a podcast listener like me, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, um, Best thing to do, once again, we have a fan page, but we really like getting you in that passionate DJ community. We pretty much accept anybody who wants to contribute there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We'll, we'll greet you uh, every week. We greet all the new new, uh, new members. So uh, we look forward to seeing you in there. Instagram, at passionate DJ. The only one that's different is Twitter. That's at DJ with passion. Um, yeah, we, we would love to have anybody on board who, uh, whether, you know, no matter what your level of skill, what your angle is, whether you're more of a business person, whether you're a club goer, whether you want to create mixes for yourself, you want to do live streams, uh, you want to create a podcast of your own, or, you know, a lot of our audience are not even DJs. We have a lot of people who just are into, you know, we talk a lot about EDM and hip hop and drum and bass and all kinds of stuff. And some people just like catching those episodes. They like listening to the big threes and all that stuff. So we try to make it entertaining for everybody. We try to give a little bit of something or any kind of DJ, we would love to have you guys on board. Uh, Kilma, it was awesome being on the show today. Uh, you and I have been talking for a couple of years now and have uh, built up a little friendship, I think. And I'm just honored that you asked me to uh, be on the show and to be on this side of the desk. It was fun. Um, gives me some perspective on uh, how to be a good interviewer myself. So thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. And I've learned so much from listening to you interview other people. So thank you for being an inspiration and making this a heck of a lot easier for me. I appreciate no it. Problem. So as always, uh, if you guys have any personal questions yourself, hashtag AskKelma on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook so I can answer your questions. And if there are any particular people in the industry that you'd like to see me interview, definitely get me in contact, tag them with uh, discjockeynews.tv. And as always, don't let no one kill your vibe. Keep on spinning. Yeah.